Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to IGN UK podcast number 164. I'm your host today, I'm Daniel Krupp and I'm joined by the very dapper Tom Butler. Dapper and ill Tom Butler, thank you. I think it's the scarf around your neck, that you look very it's good. protecting my throat, can keep it warm. Nice. Um, the very edgy Chris Tilly. Hola. <laughs> In Spanish, apparently. And Luke Kamali of News Video Fame. Hello. Precocious Luke Kamali. That again. Very precocious. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny, Luke? I don't know. Just, you know, reminds me of something. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Revealing. Um, so, we've all been very, very busy this week. Mm. But, Luke, you've been very busy of late. I have. I Yesterday, I went to see Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. My first time uh, playing the game. Yeah, enjoyed it. First um, time playing Metal Gear Solid. Metal, any Metal Gear, ever. Yeah, I was going to keep that one quiet. But, um, yeah, no, first time ever playing Metal Gear. Um, it's not Metal Gear in a way. Probably not a proper Metal well, Gear. Well, sto- I mean, the, the story's, yeah, it, it, it doesn't well, Is the story incomprehensible? No, Oh, it's not a proper Metal Gear game then. Yeah, interestingly, well, it, the story's fucking stupid, but I did quite enjoy oh, it. Right? Um, and the, it, like, it was very well, like, kind of voice acting and everything. Uh, yeah, fun, gonna write a preview on that. But there were, like, I don't know, I kind of, it was a weird experience. I've never had a game that I've played like that before where my jaw's gone from, like, being on the floor, like, slack with amazement being clenched with frustration because it's wow slacking clenched in one mm. <laughs> in one did, it, did it make your snake solid it did, it did in parts so um, give us a preview of your preview what's the what's the going to be the gist of it the gist of it is um well we saw some new stuff um they and um, they don't really want us to talk about story because um they were like metal gear game got to keep it got to keep it secret um and so i'm, I'm not where's it being that. developed um, that's a terrible japanese impression <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so no i, I i'm just going to talk about um really their because a lot of our stuff on the site at the moment is quite positive about it, I think. And so I'm just going to kind of... I'm going to put the boot in, really, yeah. Um, Did you meet anyone from Platinum Games? No, just um, just Konami PR. I just imagine people from Platinum Games just like... They come into a room and they just like bounce off the ceiling and like yeah. do a double backflip. Slicing the left out of their straight jackets, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. But yeah, no, it was good fun, anyway. Croups, have you been up to anything? Yes, I went to Nintendo HQ in Frankfurt, full disclosure. What's Frankfurt like? Frankfurt was lovely. Oh, I've never seen so many shades of grey in my entire life. (laughs) Fifteen? No, I wasn't counting, Chris. (laughs) But Nintendo are developing. They've actually bought the rights to the Fifty Shades of Grey franchise. (laughs) (laughs) What does the gamepad get used for? It's going to be a point and cock adventure. (laughs) 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 Do the two um, uh, analog sticks correspond to nipples? Well, well, actually, when, when I'm first played the wii u and the nintendo i know nintendo don't like doing this but they hired all you know when sometimes pr event events for games they hire pretty girls that's mm-hmm. a very yeah. tactful way of saying it yeah. to demonstrate things that mm-hmm. they maybe don't really fully understand mm-hmm. so i had this awkward situation where um this this scantily clad woman was trying to explain what the console was to me and the analog stick she referred to nubbins <laughs> really <laughs> you're 
You can rotate the nubbins. I was like, oh, crazy. Well, you, you, you should have put your cock away, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, she said I could use my Wiimote. <laughs> it's just unprofessional. <laughs> and I'm always doing that. Um, but I went there to play Lego City Undercover, which is the Lego game that's being made for Wii U. Is it being built brick by brick? It's from They've started from brick one. Yeah. And it's... Well, it's the, it's the first Lego game for a while. Well, one of the really big ones that's not tied to a movie franchise. Mm. And isn't mm. Lego City a like a brand of the toy as well? Yeah, it is the. So what's the concept? It's basically it's based on the most successful line of Lego toys, which is Lego City. The Lego City toys, which are like, well, buildings. There, there are fire engines. Mm. There's um, the, there's fire engines. There's police cars, and that's the most successful line of toys because it's completely universal mm. and they've used that as a jumping off point for building a base it's a crime game it's a, a jumping it's off buildings jumping off buildings yeah and you can you play play as a police detective and it's it's got loads of references to you know columbo and dirty harry and oh. sounds and like lego gta it's nothing like gta it's nothing like it set in a city so well done tom but that's oh, the, what's it that's what, what is though. it like it's probably a bit more like L.A. Noir than anything. I know people don't... So I was going to say. I was going to say it sounds well, you, like you, Lego the thing L.A. Noir. Is it, it does have the rhythm of L.A. Noir where you... you... Well, it's really slow and fucking boring. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Tom's pulling no punches today. <laughs> Edgy Butler. So, so you read my preview then? <laughs> no, I don't really think that about L.A. Noir. I thought <laughs> I was the oh, angry okay. one today. Jesus. Butler's. Bloody hell. Yeah, so it's a lot more about um, following clues and then when you like hunt down the guy, it usually ends in a foot chase. <laughs> Just like Ellie Noir. Ah, okay, I see. Um, but yeah, it's good. I can't. Do you do the building thing like you do in? Uh, you do building, but um, a lot less frequently than you do in the kind of the movie tying games. Right. And um, there's there's less stuff to smash. So there's few of those kind of trademarks they've kind of put to one side. That's that in those in the Lego games. It's ridiculous how much stuff you have to smash up to get collect everything. Yeah, it's but it's ridiculous. really it's like a. I, I in my preview I said Lego games are quite like comfort gaming, like mashed potato of gaming. Because yeah. when everything else is too hard, you just go in Lego, you just, you just smash everything. And it's a bit like uh, God of War in that respect. I think you know, like God of War, yeah. you just jump in and just smash this shit out of everything. It's a stress toy. Could we do God of War Lego? <laughs> we could do. We were talking. What were we were talking about? James Bond Lego. That's what they should do. A James Bond Lego game. James Bond Lego would be brilliant. Jurassic Park Lego. Back to the Future Lego. Mass Effect Lego. Everything would be just better in Lego form. Yeah, much like real life. Well, including your penis. Well, and actually, it, yours, yours isn't in Lego form, isn't it? <laughs> it's just, it's just no, he, he's got more, he, his is more stickle bricks. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> it's, That's weird. I just, I just wish it was Dupla. Oh. Oh. I don't. I don't. My penis is just one of those tiny little ones. It's more like a car now, white. You need a tool to get it going. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> It, well, Tom's by, made himself laugh. By the look of girls' faces, it's probably just connects and like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Can we stop talking about Daniel's cock? In toy form. <laughs> um, so, I, Chris, what have you been doing? It's more of a micro machine, sorry, that's it. Oh, wow, stop that's a good one. It's not funny. That's a good one. <laughs> um, I've. Mega cocks. I've been to see The Hobbit. <laughs> Ooh. And I'm not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> All right, let's move on then. <laughs> um, what can you, although, what can you a, say a review's about? on the website. I'm but re- I signed to something to say that I won't talk about it till Monday. So nobody in the UK can talk about it. Can you refer to our, our review? <laughs> and change it and put it into your own words. Shall I just read the review out? <laughs> so I can't say that um, it's quite long and it's very lovely. It looks amazing. But you can't say that. I can't say that and I can't you say... You can't say it's long because... I can't say that there's an amazing <laughs> scene towards the end involving Bilbo and Gollum that... that 
probably the most memorable scene from the book. Okay. And I can't say that it's bloody amazing in the film. Can you say <laughs> that you didn't see it in high frame rate? I can't say that I saw it in 48 frames per second. <laughs> and you can't say if that was any good or not? I, I can't say that I quite liked it. <laughs> but what I can say is uh, next week we will talk about The Hobbit. <laughs> and and uh, are we just going to repeat what we just said, but remove <laughs> part? <laughs> and next week uh, we will actually have a special guest on the podcast, Mr. Adam Brown. And he was your favourite of the dwarfs, wasn't he? <laughs> yes, he, uh, I can't say that. But um, he plays Ori. And uh, yeah, he, he came in last week and had a chat with me and Croups and we're going to stick it in the middle of the podcast next week. Ooh, stick what in the middle of the podcast? Um, I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on, uh, Daniel. Uh, oh, so we're on to this week's news. Uh, and the biggest news, most exciting news for me was the release of the Star Trek trailer. The announcement trailer. When I get, got into work, it said announcement trailer. And I was a bit like, oh no, it's going to be like the Iron Man a trailer for a trailer and mm. it's going to have no footage. And it's like a full minute's worth of footage. Mm. There's a great monologue by um, Benedict Cumberbatch's villain, mystery villain. I would say it's the perfect trailer. Yeah. It just told me enough. It's, it, me it's mood setting, which I think a teaser trailer should be. Yeah. It like, sets the It's a teaser, yeah. It's not an announcement trailer. It's, it's the, a teaser. Yeah, it's the tone for the movie, I guess. Do you think you'll avoid all future trailers now for Star Trek? I'm going to try. Um, yeah. Next week, they're showing some footage. Oh, and Croups has volunteered to go because I don't I'm, want to see anything else. We're going on the day off because it's Star Trek. And it's, I, the thing is, I really want it to be the first eight minutes from the movie. But I'm, it, it might you, be. Do you know, I think it might be? The thing is, it, I imagine that the sequel will have a prologue in the style of the first movie because that worked brilliantly for it. The, the birth of Kirk. like. Yeah being born in mid-battle and then the Star Trek credits came in I can imagine them doing something si similar with this movie kind of almost like a James Bond structure where Bond goes on a mission and then you have the credits so we love the trailer and but Dan you wrote an actual feature about your oh, theories it, was of, it was just a bit of speculation and I kind of I went all in with one <laughs> um, guess of who the villain is and then, so yeah if you don't want spoilers yeah Scrub through this bit, but what's well, your what's well? Your I call? I said that I thought it might be this a villain from the TV series. It was a villain that was featured in the second pilot episode of the original series called Where No Man Has Gone Before, called Gary Mitchell, which is the scariest name of all time. Gary Mitchell, yeah. terrifying. It just about to send shivers down the spine. <laughs> yeah, in, in the final act, leave ground. him, Gary. He's not <laughs> fucking worth it. <laughs> he does, he definitely doesn't work in Halfords. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> this year, Fear has a new name. That name is Gary Mitchell. <laughs> and uh, so he was... Darth Gary. Darth Gary. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> oh, evil Gary. Oh, Gary's gone mental. Um, Gary was a officer on the Enterprise. And he had... Um, they basically went through a galactic barrier. Something called the Galactic Barrier, which is a little bit like what happens at the Fantastic Four. They kind of get bombarded with radiation. And he emerges changed. He has, it basically awakens all the psionic potential in his being. So he can manipulate matter, he can be, he can move things with his mind. And he basically, he, he thinks he's basically the next stage in evolution. He thinks he's kind of God. And he wants to make man kneel before him. That's so, Superman. Zod, well, it's the same complex. Um, what I will say about that trailer is Benedict Cumberbatch has a lovely, lovely voice. He does have a lovely, lovely voice. Um, I think that's that's what will sell that character as well because even though he's got quite a diminutive like he's quite a wiry chap like mm. it's his presence and his yeah. voice and delivery will make him terrifying and commanding yeah he's all charisma yeah um, but also what about the Japanese trailer yeah well the thing is 
the Japanese trailer has a little bit of extra footage at the end, which is a visual quotation from Wrath of Khan. Now, since I put this in my piece, a lot of people are thinking that it could be Khan still. And I completely get why they might think that. There's a jacket that he wears that is very, you know, some of the decoration that is reminiscent of what Khan wears. And all the stuff about, the thing that I really like the idea of is that there's a shot where the uh, Enterprise is coming up out of the water. Now, there's some theories that there's also scenes of fire and lava, like a new planet being born. So there's a theory that they've landed on like a barren planet and they've started the Genesis project, which creates, it's basically rapid terraforming. Yeah, but then you also see the Enterprise crashing into water as well at one point. Yeah, but both could happen. Both could happen. But but there's no reason why they couldn't mix Gary Mitchell and the Genesis stuff. The reason I don't think it's Khan is because of that visual quotation at the end of the Japanese trailer. If this is a reboot for the series, and they, like we can go on a whole brand new set of adventures, in the second movie, to do Khan and do the hand reference, I just think it's too close. Is the reason that you don't think it's Khan because you'll look like an absolute fool? Yes, it is. I've got a best intro <laughs> written that feature. I just, and also I just think... like. They might still do it, but just to do it in the second movie and then do the hands touching against glass, it's too much. If it's Gary Mitchell, to do the hands touching on glass is like a nice wink to Carl. Well, I, agree. I think the most compelling thing as well about the theory, the Gary Mitchell theory, is Alice Eve and she her looked, yeah. appearance. And they have basically given not, her exactly the same hair as the female character yes. in that episode. And also, what's telling about that, they've not named her character. Yeah. Because her character name, Elizabeth Deer, is so synonymous with the Gary Mitchell story that it would just basically out. Who Cumberbatch is playing? Yeah, um, I tell you what, I do have a minor criticism. I know it's only a teaser for the main trailer, which is coming next week, I think, isn't it? There's not enough. There's not enough Star Trek in it. It, it all looks a very Earthbound tale, and there's not enough Star Trekking. You know, we, mm-hmm. I watched it with Natty last night, my girlfriend, and um, she's such a big Star Trek fan of the first film. She's like, it just looks like every other action film. Doesn't look like Star Trek. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, synopsis, really the synopsis is a bit like they're well, going to go three or four places. Well, the thing is, they? there's that bit where they're on like a red planet with all the mm, red yeah. foliage, and I think there will be because it sounds from the synopsis, it sounds like they go to a war planet or something. Yeah, like something happens at home, so they go home and I reckon they get the, decimated. I reckon like the off. first Star Trek movie, all the Earth stuff will be fo- like foregrounded, like yeah. the first probably like first forty-five minutes. Yeah, yeah. It was very Spock light as well. Like very Spock light, like two in it twice, and then I think Chekhov doesn't even. He's, he's not even in it. Sulu's in it. one frame. Um, Hura's in it a couple of times. Yeah. Scotty's in it once. Bones is in it a couple of times. Well, it's a, it's a teaser about the villain, isn't it? Really, rather yeah, than and his relationship with Kirk. Yeah, and it just, it got me super excited. I think Gary Mitchell would be great. It makes sense thematically as well because the first movie was all about Spock, basically subduing his emotions, and. Gary Mitchell is a, in the series was a good like kind of opposite for Spock because he's a man who had emotions and then lost them and all about the first Star Trek movie was basically Spock accepting his emotions so I think that'll work really well and uh, the big problem with the first movie I think was that the villain wasn't interesting enough or good enough yeah he was just a, he was an afterthought it felt to me yeah and um, so well, I, think, I think that's the template isn't it like in the origin movie the yeah. reboot yeah, yeah. You, you don't want them and the same with Batman yeah, like Dark, Dark Knight, bring the yeah, other stronger villain. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, have we finished the podcast now? Because we talked about Star Trek for the last hour. That's good. <laughs> I could talk about Star Trek all day. Uh, talking about trekking into stars, I've got some news here about the next Mass Effect DLC. Wow. Everyone's so waiting for that. What a yeah. link. So Mass Effect 3, there's more DLC coming. I think it's the DLC that just keeps on giving for yeah. Mass Effect. Um, so there, there are a few tweets from Bi- uh, or sorry, posts on a Bioware forum 
designer Joss Hendricks said that it's all hands on deck for this one. Pretty much every Mass Effect 3 DLC writer here in Edmonton is involved. So it looks like it's going to be a biggie. Um, <clears throat> there was uh, more quotes from the uh, composer as well. And there's also news that Seth Green, who, who voices Joker, is back uh, to do some more uh, voice uh, work for the new DLC. Um, so um, there was also, uh, they were saying that um, it's going to be quite an emotional bit of DLC. And that was from the um, composer who said there's high potential for tears. Oh. So What, because the game's going to be shit? No, well, no, I just, I think they probably, I don't know, he's he's gone for the emotional score. Yeah. It's interesting. I think, well, I think there's, there's mutterings that this might be the end of it, the final piece. I'm just sick of it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess if you, um, if you're really invested in Mass Effect and it's been your game that you've played throughout the year, then another bit of DLC is probably something you're really looking forward to. I mean, this, to. They, I mean, they've, this is the fifth piece of single player like story content that they've released. Yeah, and you know that's quite a lot of support for a yeah. game. Like, so it's about time it ended, I think. But I mean, work on Mass Effect Four is ramping up, I think. So. Um, like they're they're still talking about ideas, but obviously the point that everyone's making is it still doesn't matter because it can't take place after the ending. So it's still because of like the events, the ending. So it's you know it's pretty confined within what it can actually do. Well, it'll be quite interesting to maybe pick up a game of the year version of it and play that play all the DLC in one go. Yeah, because um, it does all sound quite interesting. Yeah, but I was just sick of Mass Effect three after the end of it. Yeah, but um, yeah, apparently on PS3 you can get the original Mass Effect now. Yeah, the trilogy is out today. Finally, yeah. PS3. Yeah, the so. first one with trophies and everything. So that's quite interesting if you've never played it before. Because I only picked up on Mass Effect in two for PS3 yeah. when that came out because that came out late, didn't it? Um, but I really enjoyed it. So mm. I don't know whether I can go back though. I think it's difficult it's to go really back. Really difficult to go back. Yeah. Go back yeah. Yeah. Or we'll only go forward. forward. So that's Mass Effect 3 DLC. And we've got any musical news? Yeah, well, the thing is, this is going to be a new weekly segment in which we discuss musicals on the Edge <laughs> UK podcast. Um, next week, watch um, How to Succeed in Business. And I don't know why I said that. Anyway, um, so Guillermo del Toro has announced that he is going to adapt Pan's Labyrinth with the help of a few other people into a musical. So he's been working with a few people. He's been working with the guy who did the music for Babel and Brokeback Mountain, whose name I will just mangle. So it's Gustavo Santo La 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 Is that my FFF? That sounds like a song. That's Spanish for there. There you go. And Paul Williams is going to do the lyrics. Paul wrote a perfect album in The Phantom of the Paradise. Paul Williams? Which Del Toro loves. Paul Williams is amazing. Is he really? I don't know his work. Phantom... Of the Paradise is one of the greatest movies of all time. It's this bizarre um, 1970s. It's very kitsch, and it's um, is it Mephs- Oh my God, who did who did the deal with the devil? Is it Mephistopheles? Uh, Mephistopheles. Well, it's Faust, wasn't it? Mephistopheles. It's, fa- it's a Faust. It's yeah. a Faust story. Uh, yeah, yeah. So everyone, go and see that. <laughs> yeah. So he's going to do the Pan's Labyrinth lyrics. He's going to do the lyrics. For That's it. amazing. Yeah. So. So it's still in development, and there's no date for when it's going to hit. Right. The, the so it's going to be in English, presumably. Boards. Then. Yes. Yes, yeah. I would imagine so. Can mm. we have a guess at some of the songs? <laughs> uh, we can. Have you got one you're thinking of, Tom? No, I just, uh, I can't, I can't. I just can they just reuse? Yeah. Well, I feel like you put us on the spot. Can they, <laughs> can they just reuse songs from Labyrinth? I've got. Eyes for hands. Yeah. <laughs> I've got hands for eyes. Oh no, it's the pale man. <laughs> He's coming to get you. Don't look in his eyes. 
Right, so can you can you sing anything to this? Ophelia <laughs> I'm stuck in a labyrinth with Pam <laughs> He's got eyes on his hands. They should get Pan's people back to do the uh, the dancing the dancing numbers. Just get Neil Finn to do everything. Entire orchestral score of Pan Pipes. I'm going to cut your face. Really violently, <laughs> and it's gonna frighten people. Civil war is a bad idea. <laughs> We're all pretending there's a connection between the horror and the war, but I don't think there is. We should do music sections more often. Jesus so that was um, that was good. That was a preview <laughs> so of Pan's Labyrinth music. So let us know what you think of that <laughs> section of the podcast, Paul Williams. If you're listening. Just get in touch. <laughs> yeah. we're, waiting. Um, we're waiting for the call. Do get in touch. And me and you, creeps, are going to spend the afternoon thinking about other horror films that could become musicals. Yeah, we're not going to write anything about it. We're just going no. to think about it. We're both too busy. Just the pub. <laughs> but if anyone's got any suggestions for a horror film you'd like to see turned into musicals. I think I quite, I quite like... Um, the thing is, I probably said this on the podcast many, many times, but one of my favourite movies is Halloween. And I can imagine... <laughs> It's basically, I would reimagine it as a love story with him just pursuing her over the duration of a movie. So when she's in school and um, he's watching her from afar, he just he could just sing. Because they use this quite a lot in the movie and he can just sing it to her from afar with his little white mask on. Well, can you put the Halloween music on? <laughs> because do you um, think you can do some good lyrics to this? Chris? Yes, that's, that's basically what I'm thinking. Um, no, while you're doing that, uh, the other one I thought would be amazing is a Wicker Man musical. Okay. Well, I, there's a song at the end already. So, so Eckler can a take her clothes off, or it's not her. It's and getting dance. really hot in here. How will I ever escape? What is happening? I am burning. <laughs> I only came to this island to find a girl. <laughs> if only I had my policeman's helmet still. What's with this wicker? <laughs> <laughs> the wicker man. He's my favourite man. He's made of wicker. What the fuck is that on the hill? <laughs> oh, Christ, no. <laughs> this was a bad idea. Oh, exorcist. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> the power of Christ compels. Watch out, pea soup. <laughs> Your mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> <laughs> to the theme of two blue bells. Oh, right, okay, you ready, Chris? Yes. <laughs> Are you a babysitter? I am a psychopath. I want to kill you with my knife. Are you a babysitter? I am a serial killer. Let's hang out with a knife. Look at my little face. <laughs> I'm hiding behind the hedge. <laughs> Don't look round. I might scare you. Right, this is this is going really yes. weird. Um, <laughs> well, that's the highlight of my year. Luke, <laughs> have you got any news? I do. I do have more news. I have games news about um, Skyrim once again and the DLC for the PS3. It's just not really happening. Um, Bethesda has now said that its new priority. They're basically screwing Dawnguard and Hearthfire for the time being. <laughs> and they are focusing on getting Dragonborn on the PlayStation 3. And then once that is on, they will go back and they will uh, keep working on Dawnguard and Hearthfire. 
So they said, and we turned our attention to Dragonborn as we thought it was the best content to release first and we didn't want folks to wait longer. Once it's ready to go for everyone, we'll continue our previous work on Hearthfire and Dawnguard for PS3. Each one takes a lot of time and attention to work well in all circumstances and all combinations of DLC. Um, and yeah, they don't have any details on timing and pricing. Do we think yet. that Dragonborn will be the first bit of PS3 DLC because it's setting a, set in a different world? I think partly. I think it's. I think it's easier for them to do it because rather than integrating it into the current stuff, it's a lot. A lot of it seems set off in like its own isolated yeah. map. So I think there's part of it is that. So it's actually going to be technically easier. And also, well, Hearthfire, no one actually really gave a shit about it. It's, play, it's the Sims meets Skyrim, and then Dawnguard has got quite. It mixed added reviews. functionality rather than story, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, and Dawnguard is Dawnguard got quite mixed reviews in the sense that there's two factions, and everyone was like, "Ooh, awesome! You know, reason to play it through twice." But in actual fact, it's not that different. Um, it's a lot of the quests double up and stuff whereas Dragonborn you know I mean it adds in dragon riding like, you know loads of new um, armor and stuff new places so I think I have think you, on the whole that have that's you heard about the, um, the dude that you can fight in Dragonborn the, the ebony warrior oh oh it's, apparently he's been put out in as the ultimate challenge like if you're level capped in Skyrim it's still ridiculously hard it's like a Dark Souls style boss i do love fighting the bosses in skyrim it is the thing is when you find him it's almost like a little bit like the black knight in monty python you find him (laughs) and he's quite affable and then you can take him on and apparently even if you're level capped he can just just kill you instantly because he's got a power which paralyzes you for 10 seconds or something oh no oh fucking hell that sounds good yeah ebony warrior the only other thing we have on that is that um on monday bethesda said that early 2013 is when they're hoping to get dragonborn on PS3 and PC. So yeah, Dawnguard and Hearthfire, probably, it'll be over a year since Dawnguard launched on Xbox before you'll be getting is on it, PS3. Is Dragonborn coming to Xbox as an exclusive Drag- for 30 days? No, the, that deal's run out. Um, right. The deal for the um, Xbox exclusivity was only in place of the first two. Dawnguard the the Hearthfire, second bit wasn't gone. really, the, it is, you build a house. Yeah, I mean, but, but I mean, so that was it. And anyway, it, it was never 30 days. It was basically PC. It took longer because of tech issues. And um, yeah, PlayStation 3 still doesn't have it almost a year on. It's weird. I would think that the PC uh, DLC, like, it, I thought it'd be closer matched to the Xbox. Yeah, yeah well, a lot of people modded build. it really, quite, really quickly. Yeah. Like, and the Xbox has the, uh, sorry, the PC version has all the create mode stuff, yeah. doesn't it? And so, yeah, as I say, a lot of people, um, when they were waiting for it, just modded it in. And like, you know, instead, rather than waiting. So... It's Skyrim. interesting. It'd be interesting to see what there happens. There you go, anyway. PlayStation fans. I'm really tempted to play it again this Christmas. I'm quite yeah, tempted well, to see Dragonborn standalone. Yeah. Mm. Chris is about to do something. That's probably not loud enough. Dedication. <laughs> Chris, Chris, the speaker's on the bottom. So I'm trying to play the Record Breakers theme tune because I've got a story. One for our international (laughs) listeners. (laughs) Um, I've got a story about we have a new box office champion in the UK. The biggest film of all time is now Skyfall. Kind of a big deal. Who called it? I did. Thomas Butler called it. I called it before it came out. I said, this is going to be the biggest film in the UK box office ever. Well, I I I, called it before I was born. I I (laughs) called that it was Moneypenny. Yeah, we both did. did I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna Spoiler alert! Everyone's seen it! It's just broken <laughs> box off of records. So it's now made Sorry. £94 million, pounds, uh, which takes it ahead of Avatar. Cool. Um, without the help of 3D. Without the help of 3D. Mm. So the number one film of all time is Skyfall, followed by Avatar, followed by Titanic. 
Fourth one, any guesses? Mamma Mia. I've seen nope. the list, so... Dark Harry Knight. Potter and the uh, thingy, part no. two. Dark Knight. No. Toy Story 4? Avengers. Is it a bit... Luke's seen the list, I and yet he still got it wrong because Toy Story 4 is not a oh, thing. Oh, right. Oh, he... <sighs> what a tool. <laughs> Toy Story what 3. a bloody tool. I wanted to leave some mystery in. You know. So, yeah, Toy Story 3. Yeah. Uh, Harry Potter. Some other interesting ones. Mamma Mia, you called. That's number six. Yeah. Lord of the Rings are uh, all over this, as is Harry Potter. Where is Keith Lemon's movie? <laughs> but interestingly, the 13th most successful film of all time in the UK is Casino Royale. It's Quantum, And the it? 19th is Quantum of Solace. Oh my God, it is. Um, and The Full Monty is in there as well, which I quite like. That's good. Am I oh, right? The Full Monty. Uh, is Sky for the, the highest grossing uh, Bond film ever? Yes. In terms of adjusted for... Oh, inflation. Because I, I think Thunderball might might have sold more tickets. Uh, you, 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 again, I've been put on the spot. <laughs> I don't really know what oh, Thunderball sorry, sorry, is I adjusted think, for inflation. I, I think, my head. I think Thunderball is, is the... Anyway. Do you? That's yeah. a massive call, Tom. <clears throat> but it could have overtaken it. It could have overtaken Thunderball. Yeah, I mean, it's been big, hasn't it? Yeah. It's been huge. Um, have we any indication of how it's performed internationally? Yes. In terms of, <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it's been again. massive. It's been absolutely massive. But are we going to see it make a, break the global top 10 box office? That, I don't know. I don't think How, so. Yeah, I'm I don't like, think so, because it's not in the same league globally as Avengers un- and Dark Knight. Like, so like, for instance, because I have no idea. I know like, you're a bigger Bond fan. I know a few of this. But like, obviously it's popular in the States. But what about kind of like Asia oh, and places No, it's like a global that? phenomenon. It, re- it still it, really is. It's like, in every country... But I don't think it's made as much money as Avengers and Dark Knight. Okay. And Harry Potter. Cool. But it'll be up there. It'll probably be in the top 20, I would say, of all time okay. globally. And there's still a lot of people out there who don't think it's very good. It's been really... Because like, I saw it in advance and since. Like, loads, some people actually really think it's really boring. Yeah. Which I don't get. I don't get it being boring. I think there's some slow points. There we go. Anyways, have we got any... Game of the year chat, Tom. Uh, sorry, can I just 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 come back to uh, you got the, the libretto coming? Bond films adjusted for inflation. Number one is Thunderball. Number two is Goldfinger. Number three is Living Like Die. Number four is Skyfall. That's adjusted for inflation. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And uh, Skyfall is still in cinemas, so so it could still break <laughs> it. And also, it beat Avatar in a short period of time, didn't it? So yes. it's, it's it also it, beat Avatar in a bar fight. So it'll be the actually what it will be is the first ever movie to break 100 million pounds in the UK. Wow, Which no, no, no films have done that. That's almost one pound fifty from everyone in the country. So there you go, <laughs> maths. <laughs> Shall we talk about uh, Judgment Day? We should. We yeah. What, I was, I was, yeah. Yeah, I wish that take just differently. <laughs> right. Um, okay. I love Shall, Edward Furlong. Do you want me to do? What do you want me to do, Tom? Do you want me to go through well, the game? I've, I've got them all. I've got them all here. Oh. So I, I don't worry about it. It's fine. So we've done game. Chill out. So what's uh, happening, Tom? All right, so Judgment Day, we announced our Game of the Year contenders, um, and we also released our full Best of 2012 yeah, uh, list. And there's probably about 100 categories, so I won't go through all of them here. We've um, basically, everything's, it's basically like, you know, school sports day. Everyone gets a prize. Everyone gets Even something. if you shit at running. Everyone like me. gets something. Also, we haven't spelt it wrong on the website. It's the American the spelling. Yeah. Yeah. We do know that. Thanks for <laughs> we telling me. We know that. You know that. Get over we it. We know that. What's what's judgment? There's got no e. Okay, it, it, judgment. Game of the year. Should we go? Should we start with that? Or do you want to end with that? Let's well, just 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 do that. Um, okay, game of the year. The games up for nomination are Mass Effect Three, 
mm-hmm. Guild Wars 2, mm-hmm. The Unfinished Swan, mm-hmm. Borderlands mm-hmm. 2, mm-hmm. Hotline Miami, mm-hmm. Faster Than Light, mm-hmm. FTL, Halo 4, mm-hmm. The Walking Dead The Game, mm-hmm. Journey, and Dishonored. Mm-hmm. Wow, there's some good stuff on there. See, some surprising stuff. My, my winner is... Should we do that? Yes. Mine's Journey. Yeah. Absolutely, because you play it in two hours... It's unlike any other experience I've had this year. I, I know people who... I know someone, for a fact, this year who's never played a video game before, played that and thought it was absolutely breathtaking. Yeah. Has anyone in this room played Hotline Miami? No, I haven't played no. it. We no. need to play that. Yeah, I've heard mental. awesome things about it. Yeah. We should probably... Let's play that this afternoon. And Walking Dead sounds like it's been something Walking, special. I, I've just finished uh, episode five of The Walking Dead, and The Walking Dead is absolutely phenomenal. It really is. There are... It's there are bits where it's slightly broken, where characters all disappear and pop in. But for all its technical faults, it is the best storytelling experience I've ever experienced in so a video it, game. It feels to me like this year, more than any, we've got, we've we've had video games that actually make you feel emotions. And yeah, I think what's kind of interesting this year, like last year, I remember, is like the year of the part three and like the massive blockbuster titles, you know, Batman and Chart Three, etc. This year, a bit more about the smaller games. Well, yeah, you look at, look at the, the list, and you've got uh, the Unfinished Swan, Hotline Miami, developed by a very, very small team. FTL. FTL, uh, The Walking Dead, uh, Journey. These are all, like, downloadable titles mm. that, that you can't... Mm. You probably can't... Well, I don't think you can pick up in the shop. Journey, definitely you can't in the UK. And that's only going to increase, I think. And that's only on PS3 as this well. This is a trend. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good thing, I think. Um, <clears throat> I mean, for me, I'm, I'm going to put my money on The Walking Dead just because I think there's a groundswell of support for it at the moment. Um, but Journey, I think it's definitely going to be between those two. What do you think will win, Dan? What do I think will win? Yes. I think Walking Dead will win. Yeah. What do you think, Luke? I, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised to see Walking Dead win, actually. I think it's done. And also, you know what? I'm disappointed that Trials Evolution didn't make it onto the final. Well, I lobby hard for that to make the short list. Yeah. I think that's the best platformer. Yeah. Of last uh, it, did, it did make Xbox the, the best um, Xbox Live game and best uh, racing game um, on Xbox as well. So, it's Are there any other awards. notable awards? I mean, there's a, there's a hell of a lot of categories. I've sure. got best movies and best TV series here. Do you want, to, do you want me to go through those? Yeah, do. Let's do best TV series first. Uh, so there's obviously a lot of different categories in that, but this is the overall best TV series. Yeah. Breaking Bad. Yeah. Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. The Legend of Korra. Mm-hmm. The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And Community. So Why isn't Homeland on that? I know. Uh, I... Homeland season two, Chris, is pants. It's not been very good, although this week it was amazing. It's up for best drama. It's up for best drama, so okay. it, it has been nominated. And Claire Danes and uh, yeah, Claire Danes has been nominated for best actress because she does go crazy. She does go crazy. Yeah, those eyes. Um, <laughs> those eyes. Um, Walking Dead. Walking Dead has been great. Phenomenal. This, this yeah. series has been. That's gonna win, isn't it? Or, I mean, there's a. I know everyone likes Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, I mean, I love Game well, break, I mean, or Breaking Bad. This part of the seasons was was amazing as well. So good ones, some yeah. good TV, some good ones, yeah. and community we obviously don't actually get. In no, the but you know what? I think it's actually should have been in there. Sherlock, yeah, Doctor Who as well. It I wasn't this year. Was Sherlock year. was last year. Was it? But no, yeah. but no. But the thing is, I think so. Oh, it was. But, wasn't Cumberbatch is up for Best Actor in our awards. So yeah, but it's I'm sure it was in the States like, this, in this year. year. Okay, that should have been. Um, community, I think, is. Well, I've um, not seen the recent communities. It's fine, but I think it's a bit overrated. Yeah, I've never seen. I'm struggling to get into the first season, to be honest. Um, shall I do movies? Uh, yeah, if you want, if you've got them there. Yeah, well, this is, again, loads of categories. So I don't know, because uh, I've been involved. Action, horror, etc. So this is the overall, Chris. Yeah, I've been involved in this, and I don't know what the final one so is. So it's been whittled down to the following. To what? Um, Avengers. 
Shocker. The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, sorry. Oh, no, no. So you're right. You're right. The Dark Knight. Oh, right. The Dark Knight <laughs> Rises. Yeah. Skyfall. Wreck It Ralph. Zero Dark Thirty. That's the five. The, those are the, that's the five. Interesting. What do you think of that? Um, I I don't. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my balls on the line mm-hmm. and say Wreck It Ralph should not be near that list. Well, that's, that's very mistake. off message. <laughs> we don't well, have it. I'm allowed my opinion. Well, we don't have. We haven't had it yet. Yeah, have we? No. But Creeps has seen it. I just. I think it's really. It's good, but I don't think it's movie of the year contender. That's all. Yeah. I'm disappointed. I mean, obviously, I know you obviously had a, a hand in it, Chris. That Sightseers neither made it into best horror, horror or comedy. And there's only four films up for best horror. There surely could have been room for that. I I should have pushed for that then, shouldn't I? Yeah. (laughs) Well, Sightseers is the best film of the year. Go and see that. Yeah. Not Wreck It Ralph. Because I think uh, (laughs) Frank and Weenie, I love Frank and Weenie. That's my favourite animated movie of the year. But, um, I mean, there's obviously there's a hell of a lot on there. The the, the good thing is, is you can go and vote for every single uh, one of these to pick the winners. So, it's definitely worth going on there and having a look. Um, it's yeah. all on the homepage. You can find it on there. And obviously let us know. I think it'd be really good if um, <clears throat> if people were to email us uh, on ignukfeedback at igen.com and tell us your top three favourite games, films and TV shows of the year. Yeah. Um, and what I'll probably do is uh, if you send them into feedback, I'll collate them and maybe turn it into a sort of uh, IGN UK reader's favourite of the year and uh, put some of your quotes you in can there. Have your say, yeah. But yeah, just let us know why you think each one deserves to be nominated and yeah, send them, send them through to, uh, to us and I'll, I'll sort that out. That'd be really nice. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, have we got any feedback? We do have some feedback. The first bit of feedback is from a guy called Ben Preston and Ben lives in Anchorage in Alaska. Whoa. I know. Stick uh, a jacket on, mate. House. <laughs> um, and he is referring to comments last week we were talking about the Zombie U he said Kez made a comment about the Zombie U not doing as well here in the States because American gamers might be biased against the British setting as an American gamer I like to posit that it's probably due to jealousy we all know London zombies are the best kind of zombies <laughs> Shaun of the Dead and 28 Days Later as examples and he says even if sometimes French zombies are scarier I don't know if, what it is but French horror films creep me out <laughs> so do we do we agree with Ben that um, British zombies are better? No, American has America has a lot of good zombies. Ben, I think uh, you're, the, the, you're the it's the home of zombies. Well, with, with Caribbean. Oh, the ha- oh Haiti, yeah, Haiti, I guess. yeah. But um, yeah, George Romero is obviously the the grandmaster. Yeah, I think we've done it good recently of late. We've kind of maybe taken on the baton. We well, have, but Walking Dead now over there, isn't it? That's we're both doing marvelously. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, zombie use, all right. Zombie, I think zombie use pretty decent. Mm. But um, yeah. I think it's Pittsburgh has the best zombies, not London. That's where Ramiro's from, isn't it? And that's where the most of the zombie movies that he makes are set. Just don't live in Pittsburgh. Is but we're the second is that, best. Is that where Springsteen's from? No, he's from he's from New York. Is he? Yeah, why, he's a Jersey why, why, boy. Of course he is. Mm. What's from Pittsburgh? Is that just the... Sti- it's like industrial What's from capital. Pittsburgh? Well, Pittsburgh, it's, it's known as... It's like Sheffield, isn't it? It's yeah, like it's steel like capital. Steel city, yeah. Right, okay. That's probably why I'm thinking of it. Steel and zombies. Okay. Any more Good feedback? email, though. Thank you, Ben. Thank yeah. you very much. One more bit of feedback. This yeah. is asking for Dr. Kamali to come in and give advice. It is. Um, it's from Ollie Tilson. Um, he has a PS3 original model for over five years. The other day he was playing Assassin's Creed and without warning it crashed and switched off and now won't start again. 
Um, he was saying he's looked it up online and it's the yellow light of death, sadly. He's found a couple of places that do reasonable price repair. Is this safe or shall I just get a new PS3 Slim? Um, this happened to me about two months ago. And um, so when you're, you're, it's really sad. I was yeah. crying all day. Um, basically, what um, what the yellow light? Great. There's a. M- what happened, Luke? T- t- take me back. Okay. Well, I was <laughs> playing a game and it just stopped. No, no, um, no, no, no. What were you playing? I was playing Skyrim, um, and I was like about three trophies off platinum, and it crashed. And the problem with this is basically what the yellow light means is that um, too much. Um, <laughs> what the yellow light means is that you've um the hard drive is disconnected from the thing. <laughs> so there's loads of kind of home remedies for it that you may have read about. Um, like some people say wrap it in a towel and stick it in the oven. I did that with my Xbox. <laughs> yeah, people also say put it in the freezer. Um, uh, so basically extreme temperatures. Um, obviously doing any of that <laughs> voids the warranty. Um, the other issue you have um, that they often say, if you, ring, if you ring Sony support, which hopefully you've done, the music's still happening. Okay. Uh, if you if you ring Sony support, they um will say they can't do anything in terms of fixing it, but they recommend if you want to look online, you can break it open yourself and solder the inside of your PlayStation back together. They don't officially recommend this, but they say it's people have done it and it's worked. So if you have a spare soldering iron, I'm sorry, I'm trying to give you help. A spare soldering iron. Who has a spare soldering? If you have a soldering iron, according to the music, according to Sony, if you have a soldering iron around, you can use that. Um, but yeah, basically, the, what's the that <laughs> kitchen tool, Mum? Oh, it's a soldering iron. Can I use it? Yes, you can. The bad thing. Oh, no, I've been cooking with it. The bad thing that you are. <laughs> the bad thing that you are going to have to deal with is that. Um, the way PlayStation <laughs> is set up, it means. Are you actually doing this? This guy's. Oh, yeah. It's actually the music from Shinless Lizard, by the Right. Well, basically, oh. the, the bad thing is. Um, go back to the Hulk. The saves on your PlayStation are trapped there, um, and if you take the. <laughs> Let them all! If you take the tra- if you put the hard drive into a new PlayStation, it'll format it and wipe them all. So the only way you're ever going to be able to get your saves off, unless you've got PS Plus and you've got cloud saves, the only way you're going to get your save data is by trying to fix it. Um, I just took the hit and um, got a new. They'll, if you ring Sony, they'll get you a new PlayStation for about 100 quid. Because um, then I want a bro. Yes. Yes. Whoa. Luke's not going to stop talking, is he? Well, who was this? Who was That's asking it. for advice? There you go, Ollie. Hope that helps. Well, Ollie, if you listened to all that and you didn't have enough soldering iron, you might, as well, <laughs> you might as well just bought a new one by now. And I'm sorry if we haven't treated your question with the kind of reverence it deserves. Well, Luke has. The rest well, of Luke us has. have been uh, idiots, though. <laughs> We've laughed at Ollie and we shouldn't have. No, we weren't laughing at Ollie. We were laughing at Ollie. We laughing at Luke. Yeah. Standard. <laughs> with his crybaby story. Oh, part of Skyrim. Oh. So. Three trophies. Oh. Well, the, now that Dr. Stop the music. Yeah, well, you yeah, probably should. Um, so that was Dr. Kamali. If you've got any other complaints, you know, um, rashes, um, problems with DLC that's not functioning correctly, you've lost your Microsoft points, he's here every week to take your calls. Maybe you need help in Final Fantasy. Luke's your man. Oh, yeah. I'm good at that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lee's got a little face on I'm him. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm absolutely fine. I'm tired. He's absolutely fine. Well, what's out this week, Chris, in the cinema? Seven Psychopaths. Yes. Which has been out in America for ages. Did people like Seven Psychopaths? I didn't really like it that much. I thought it was a bit of a disappointment, to be honest. Yeah. Which is a shame, because I really, really, really love In Bruges. I got a bit sort of hacked off with it. It's funny. <laughs> It's It's got great moments, but I just think it. it I think it's not. I don't want to use the phrase too clever for a song. I just 
not very good. But it can with that sort of because it's quite quite self-referential. It's about a guy. The film's by Martin McDonough. It's about a guy called Martin making a film called Seven Psychopaths. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sort of thing can work. Like, look at adaptation. Adaptation, adaptation is, is finely brilliant. judged. It's one of those things you have to finally judge. If you get it right, it's great. Yeah. And then if it's not, then... But, yeah, um, I don't know. And then, what year are we in, Chris? Because what else is out this week? 2012. But Gremlins is getting re-released this week. I might go see that. This so week. go and see that. There's an There is an amazing scene towards the end of Gremlins where Gizmo gets kind of catapulted up into the air. And if I had it on DVD and me and my flatmates, we're probably a bit drunk at the time, but we were freeze framing it. Well, actually, somebody just went got up to go to the loop and we had to pause it at that moment. And it's quite obvious that it's just like. Obviously, it's obvious it's the little cuddly toy, but this moment when it's flying towards the ceiling, it's very obvious it's a cuddly toy with its eyes popping out. <laughs> I read a good thing this week. Um, uh, uh, I don't know where it was, but it was about why Gremlins is so good. And the the writer said it's because you're never sure who Joe Dante's, which side he's on, whether he's the director is siding with the humans or the gremlins. That's a really good point. Yeah. Because you do root for the gremlins for quite a bit of it as well. And they're evil. I know. So, any games coming out, Lukey? Uh, yeah, we've got two games. It's a bit of a dead period now until Christmas. But we've got Guardians of Middle-Earth, mm-hmm. that much long-for MOBA for consoles. And then, um, yeah, as we said earlier, Mass Effect trilogy is out on PS3, which also means the first Mass Effect is now available on um, PSN. Huzzah! So, yeah, if you want it, to but, get To be it. honest, all the games are out pretty much, so, mm. you know, if you still have something to play, get one of them. Yeah. Well, There's which a- one, Creeps? You've got to call sure. it now. One of the ones that we've nominated Walking for Dead. Game of the Year. Yeah, any, try any of the Game of the Years because you'll not be disappointed. Check out Judgment Day. That's great. Sort of reading list for the year, playing list for the year. So that was IGN UK Podcast 164. As always, if you want to reach us, how do they do that, Tom? You can email us on IGN UK. Feedback at IGN.com. Twitter, Chris? Yep. IGN UK. Facebook, Luke? IGN UK. There you go. It's, it's almost like we found it. Um, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Peace out. Bye. Cheerio. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.